All right, welcome back to Fin 15. I am Griffin Robillard. And I am Griffin Camper. On today's episode, we'll talk about liquid death's valuation and the power of marketing, the SAG WGA strike and its effect on summer blockbusters, and uh, how the Netflix password sharing gamble paid off. Griffin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, there's a lot of news. It's the dog days of summer. It's sweltering out in uh, New York. I imagine it's very humid. L.A. It's it's been pretty damn hot. Um, you know, it's trying to stay cool, trying to stay level-headed, trying to somehow uh, get through these dog days with a smile on my face. The dog days are not over, Florence. Machine. I actually saw her the other day on a walk. Really? Two days ago. Mm-hmm. How's she looking? She she looked very un-Florence-like. I'm used to, like, you know, a woman's power suit or a dress, and she was in some workout clothes walking around the reservoir. I dig that. Is that the Silver Lake Reservoir that you're talking yes, about? Yes, the I, Ivanhoe Reservoir, Silver the Lake. SL? SL. Mercedes SL. Um, last night, uh, Powerball. Um, some some uh, bloke in Kansas City won a portion of the $1 billion. What do you think of that? That's a lot of cheese. That's a lot of quids. My question to you is would you take the payment and defer it or would you get in one lump sum? I'd lump sum it 100%. Uh, I don't know yeah. why. Other, I mean, I could tell you, actually, I think uh, obviously tax rates change. Um, my hope for the country is that we become more liberal, uh, you know, at some point. Who knows? But, the, I mean, tax rates might go up. And you know what? I'm like, I'd rather have all that money now. And uh, totally. who knows how long I'm going to live? What would you do? Right. That's a little morbid, but yeah. Well, uh, I think a good example, do you know the baseball player Bobby Bonilla? I, I have heard of, of Bobby. So he was an OG player on the Mets, and he basically deferred money into a contract where basically the Mets would pay him $1.2 million for 25 years, which started in 2011. So he gets that $1.2 million check every year till the end of 2035. But... You know, that's nice to get that, that Skrilla every day. But with inflation, you'd much rather have all that money in 2011 than, than get it uh, kind of parsed out. You know what I mean? You know what? More is more when it comes to money. <laughs> Speaking of AI, the real AI, Alan Iverson, um, he also has a similar contract that started way later because he's broke. But now he has some, some cash coming in because of the delayed contract. So maybe it does help those who aren't um, the best with managing their own capital. Why does one enter into a delayed contract? Is it because they have like gambling issues or? No, I think a, a lot of the times, um, well, this I think this is a deal with Reebok maybe, but uh, a lot of the times it's the franchise or the sports team uh, is in a capital crunch and the players helping them out short term. Ah, uh, I see, I see. It's kind of a, I scratch your back, you don't scratch mine situation. Yeah. But you can use the money to buy new clothes, threads. Well, speaking of threads, I haven't been on it. Did you download it? I did. I downloaded it the morning of its release. And it's safe to say that I do not care about it at all. Um, <laughs> I was not a Twitter all-star. Like, I have friends who are big on Twitter, and I've always kind of hovered around it. Um, 
I don't tweet anymore, but I have heard the, the the tennis pickleball analogy, and you know, Threads is pickleball, Twitter's tennis. I'm staunchly anti pickleball as uh, as I've picked up yeah. on tennis again. So, yeah, if you if you think about it that way, then I'm not I'm not about Threads. Do you think you'll download it? I might want to. I mean, I've, I've, I'm so tired of giving Meta my data. Um, but I think they, I think they eclipsed a hundred million users already, which is crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, it'll take long for, I, I just think Twitter's uh, a dumpster fire right now. So, um, and we know the Zuck truck's really good at building super app products and stealing from other people. So we'll see what happens there. By the way, you brought up tennis. Did you watch the Wimbledon final? I did not watch all of it, but it was epic. I mean, having watched the, the French open as well, um, right. You know, so that was a hell of a round, hell of a round. I I really enjoyed watching it. I'm actually this this July was my 10 year anniversary, 10 years since I've been to Wimbledon. I will say if you're ever considering it, um, it's quite the the sporting experience, probably one of my my most fun um, eye opening uh, experiences in sports because it's so different than anything you've ever been to, probably. My uh, one of my friends lives in London, and you know you can you can get in line at like six a.m. to get uh, day of tickets, and it's a whole thing. I mean, I don't you can't really do that at the U.S. Open. There's too much of a yeah. Y- you know, we're in Ticketmaster City over here, but um, it's very cool. It would be nice to go. Tento, Tento, sponsor of the 2024 Wimbledon. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I, you don't know. Um, I'm brokering the deal right now. We gotta, you know. We, we need to overcome Slazenger, Pim's Cup, some strawberries and cream, uh, and all the, the, the big British brands. But I, I think we, we can throw our hat in the ringer. I think seeing the Tento uh, brand identity plastered around uh, the Wimbledon grounds and the courts would make me a, a happy camper. The Tento Mai Tai or something. I don't know. There you go. Boom. I love it. Anyway, let's start with, with Liquid Death here. A recent funding round is fueling rumors of an IPO for Liquid Death. If you don't know what Liquid Death is, it's a canned water company founded in 2019. You have definitely seen their cans around, you know, concert venues, bars, everywhere. They've uh, actually been in a deal with Live Nation for a while. Um, They recently raised $70 million led by Science Ventures. Uh, This is its second funding round, and this gives the company evaluation of, wait for it, $700 million. To date, Liquid Death has raised $195 million in total, and the company's on track to bring in close to $130 million after a 2022 revenue of $45 million. Wowzers. Yeah. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. I personally, I've never purchased Liquid Death, but I used to get it for free when they were kind of... Uh, passing out and seating cases to uh, the motoring club where my office used to be. And, you know, members used to be able to get liquid death among other drinks. And you see it kind of sitting in the see-through fridge. You open it up and you crack it open. It it was a nice uh, way to, to, to have something refreshing. I thought the marketing, um, the brand rollout, the influencer strategy, even some of the commercials, I think they really got it in the right hands of the right people. Um, it's not something I would pay for regularly, but I, I think it's a great example of really good branding, venture-backed, um, uh, water, aluminum can, 
riding that riding that riding that train. Impressive stuff. Well, it's it's interesting as an ad man to see a fellow ad man uh, absolutely knock it out of the proverbial park. Um, you know, the the founder Mike Cesario worked for like Crispin in the heyday, Vayner, Donner LA, um, and a few other agencies, and was you know a, a creative director by the time he started that, which right. is not unlike I don't know if you remember Interesting Development or Office of Baby, those agencies in New York. They were kind of leading the revolution of like agencies developing products rather than just right. advertising them. Um, and it seems like he's the the second gen generation of like branding people actually building the product rather than you know the other way around yeah kind of came out during the same time as like gin lane and red antler that when they were crushing it and kind of taking that route of like actually developing the product end to end right totally yeah you know and those those companies have have evolved way beyond that but kind of hit that first wave and i feel like uh liquid death is it's a grandchild of those forefathers well quick 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 question for someone who is playing a lot of shows these days Say you're playing a show on a Wednesday night, you don't want to have a drink um, or multiple drinks. Uh, do they have liquid death at the bar, easy for you to buy? Yeah, it's it's pretty ubiquitous in New York. I mean, I you know they have it in, in almost every Manhattan deli I've been in. Um, you know, so so you know it probably started with with the venues, right? But it, you know, it's 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 just everywhere now. I think that. Yeah, there's like cachet to it, but also, you know, it is like when you don't want to drink, it is nice to have something in your hand that's not like club soda in a flimsy yeah. plastic cup, right? Um, it looks cool. Also, like, for example, at Baby's All Right, uh, they give you plastic cups in the venue, but you can bring the glasses in from the front. And I'm always like getting the drinks in the front because I would prefer holding a glass. Not only is it yeah. more sustainable, but you just feel better about it. I think the same goes for an aluminum can uh not only does it look great but like it's way more sustainable and probably you know like a polar spring water bottle is a uh, leach and toxins left and right um that just doesn't happen with metal it's like i use my swell yeah. water bottle still versus analgene because it feels better i don't know i think it looks better too all right man geez sounds like you really like liquid death i am not being i'm not being paid by them but i should be yeah speaking of ai or al Aluminum's periodic, um, on the periodic table, the symbol's AL, right? Yeah. AI? AL? AI. You don't even know the difference. AI. My favorite element. Aluminum's my favorite element. I uh, I recently rewatched Goldfinger. Wow. The the, the Ian Fleming's Goldfinger? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sean Connery. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much, Griffin. And the the company that Goldfinger owns is called Auric Industries, AU yep. Gold. Um, I'm like, wow, they didn't have to work very hard on that name. But Liquid Death, a little more clever than, than Auric Industries. Do you have any other um, ideas, thoughts, or insights on the impending Liquid Death IPO? Also, didn't your friend write the article? She did write the article that I have gleaned most of my uh, my research from uh chloe shout out chloe servino uh writer for forbes also uh the recent author of raw deal hidden corruption corporate greed and fight for the future of meat uh actually went to her book launch at mcnally jackson in seaport in december wow great book if you want to learn about yes the meat industry in in the u.s but chloe's been on the on the pulse of liquid death for a while and uh, i actually have not asked her recently what she thinks of it but i do think it's here to stay whether they're profitable or not i mean we we've stomached uber and and lyft not making money for years so 
maybe we'll just have like net negative water for a while. <laughs> just the ions just canceling each other out, you know? There's no me and ion, but there is an I in me. Oh, well, um, that's enough. That's enough morbidity as it relates to H2O. Let's talk about the strike. Topic number two, no stars, no red carpets. How Hollywood strikes could disrupt the summer box office. Oh, wouldn't you like to know, which is why we're going to tell you. Last Thursday, SAG, a membership boasting 160,000 people, joined the Writers Guild in bringing Hollywood productions to a screeching halt, their first dual strike since 1960. I'm talking about a little pre-Goldfinger time period. Um, strike right. rules dictate that actors not only can't shoot or do voiceover work for productions, they also cannot attend red carpets or promote any motion picture association's projects, something that was already a challenge given that the writer's strike had shut down nighttime talk shows and were just an absolute staple of the press circuit. Personal anecdote, I was actually supposed to be on the battle uh, of the instant songwriters on Fallon, and my segment did not go through production because... What? This strike. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm not crossing picket lines. I'm, I'm with the... No, you can't be a scab. You can't be a scab. No way. I'm I'm with the guild. But yeah, that's disappointing, Fallon listeners. When things get back rolling again and we have better labor laws, hit me up. <laughs> what are what are things like in LA right now? Have you noticed anything uh being a bit more sleepy? No. Well, yes and no. I I I don't really go to Hollywood all too often even though I live close by. Um but I I am I am sensing some um doom and gloom from what's going on uh i do feel like friends who are creatives and, and writers and, and do work in media entertainment industry uh specifically have been slowly getting a raw deal over time you know we know that you know seasons of tv have been truncated from 26 28 episodes to 10 the residuals with royalties have gone down and what has gone up you know streaming revenue and very large salaries for the CEOs of these companies. So I feel for, I feel for um, the folks and the SAG and I feel for the, the writers and the actors going through this. It must be weird to like have a film that you're supposed to be promoting, uh, which is, you know, you probably have a deal where you're, you're getting a rip on the gross uh, earnings and then, you know, you can't really promote it because people are striking. It's it's bad for for everything, and I, I think as a musician, like you know, I think we musicians were the first to kind of fall victim to the streaming era, right? It's like people used to pay for records. Um, now it's yep. all all live, all live revenue that basically supports their livelihood. And you know, TV seasons have shrunk dramatically from like you know we're not looking at episode seven million of friends anymore um you know actors are working less right uh there's more time between jobs it's harder to make a living but also consumers are paying way less for their entertainment right it's like if you want to get a cable package now i think on like the fubo or whatever it's like 80 dollars a month is i don't know anyone that's i don't know a household necessarily that's even paying 80 dollars a month for their streaming packages and that was just for television alone right it's like yeah. i think the economic model is so broken um and hopefully this is like involves all of the arts just as an artist is getting 0.003 cents per spotify stream um you know actors are getting fewer residuals which are just like royalties basically and yeah 
Yeah, just getting squeezed out while Bob Iger's making $27 million a year. And no, it's not like paying him less is going to solve the economic model, but it is disgusting, I think. Was, wasn't there, I think I read something uh, around uh, extras being like scanned through AI. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a stipulation of, of one of the new, new SAG uh, demands. Uh, but basically, stu- I believe studios have been soliciting for extras to basically like like the example would be like you'd be an extra and they could be like you know we'll scan you and we'll just pay you like twenty thousand dollars for a lifetime fee and you might just like be in you know you might just be in random movies um (laughs) which is a little little eerie you know like what hot american summer seven or gremlins the next christopher nolan movie bob 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 and schneimer bob and schleimer Speaking of which, are you going to see Barbie or Oppenheimer this weekend? I'm not sure if I'm going to see it this weekend, but 100% going to see both. Really excited. Um, huge uh, Cillian Murphy fan. Huge uh, Christopher Nolan fan. Love all of his films. Love the worlds he creates. And then I think Barbie is just fun in many ways. Also, the greatest example of extending IP decade over decade. Yeah, it's crazy. There was actually a great, uh, a great New Yorker profile about about IP, um, which I will share with you, and I will put in the episode link. Um, but it's um, it dives deep into kind of Mattel's um, IP awakening, uh, which I'm surprised it kind of took them that long to yeah to catch up to like a Marvel or something. It's interesting. It it was it was cool to see uh, you know actors leave these premieres for strike. Strange days. Um, or for for Oppenheimer, well, for Barbie, for example, I know I've seen a lot of press junket stuff, but are they not? They're they're not going to attend the premiere. They can't. They, they can't, cannot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no way to get around it. And I mean, just as you know, Republicans are <laughs> shamed in Hollywood. I I can't see any actors crossing the picket line. Uh, like whether they believe in it or not, and. And to be clear, I am on the side of the actors here. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think it would be crazy news if someone like just showed up to the premiere and was like, eh, I don't want to be a part of SAG. No, I mean, like, the, right. it, it would be epic. It would be one of the dumbest, like it would have to, there would have to be some kind of like sick humor in it or something for it to be remotely palatable. Right. But Netflix expects to save $1.5 billion this year on content as a result. Okay. So that's great. You know, Netflix is saving money, not paying anyone anymore. We talked about in our first episode that your, you know, the password crackdown seemed a bit ridiculous, but from a business standpoint, it seemed to have paid off, right? Yeah, they added 5.9 million new paid subscribers in the second quarter. Wall Street estimated uh, 2.1 million subscribers, so they've passed that with flying colors. I mean, I, I haven't been affected. I'm still on my dad's. I mean, they haven't done anything to me yet. Same. I hope Netflix... Uh, just kind of stays chill because I don't particularly want to pay for Netflix. Yeah, they're coming out with absolute trash all the time. And I did like the Witcher, the new season of The Witcher, but it was only five episodes, which was kind of a swift kick to the balls. I'm not a Witcher Witcher watcher. I'm 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 big in big into the the fantasy fiction stuff. Also, I I did watch. I had been watching Suits that came on Netflix. I never was a Suits guy. I kind of like it. It's kind of it's like classic procedural drama really easy uh you know conflict resolution in every episode with some new york stuff is pretty funny 
it's super fun. I mean, I I watched it when it was on air, and I think it's um, it's it's a nice, comforting watch. And you know, the Harvey, um, what's the Harvey Mike, Harvey Mike, right? Yeah, Harvey and Mike. Yeah. I are love, you are you are you a three piece suit guy or two piece? I am. I'm a two piece. Uh, I feel like you have to be English to pull off English or kind of a sleazy Italian in a good way to to pull right, off right. A, a three piece suit. Yeah. No. I. I find them a little cheesy in America. I don't know. It, also, it's summer. I mean, maybe this is influencing yeah. my, you know, unless we have some nice linen fabric, thumbs down on, on three-piece suits. Well, I was going to say, I wish we could just easily integrate the cummerbund into the three-piece suit to make it four pieces, but I think it's just too much. That's like um, adding another bun to a hot dog. Just too much. Too much bread. <laughs> Uh man. Well, Netflix, I don't want to say congrats, but, you know. You took a shrewd the, move. You took the cake. Well, you want to talk about some fin faves today? Let, let's fin fave it up. Did you want to lead us off, sir? Yeah. Um, I've been... I've been blasting Olivia Rodrigo's Vampire from the rooftops. Uh, the song and the video are amazing. Dan Nigro is the producer behind that. So talented. He does yeah. a lot of work with uh, Chapel Rowan and Caroline Polachek, which we love. I watched the video. Amazing video. The song feels like it's two songs. It's like a ballad, and then it picks up and kind of has a pulsing beat. Is that was the idea to make it feel like it was two songs? I think so. I think it's taken a little lesson from K-pop, right? It's like a multiple right. songs, you know, the, these very disparate sections together. It's cool. I mean, I did, when I, when I f- first played it, uh, I forget who sent it to me, but, uh, you know, I was optimistic, but I had no expectations. And in the beginning, I'm like, ah, oh, this is not another piano ballad. And I'm like, you know, been there, been there, done that. It's awesome. I mean, I don't have another, it's just, it's a great song. Uh, and the lyrics yep. are so fun. She's talented. She's talented as hell. Yeah, and I'm glad glad she kind of like like this kind of solidifies you know the whole the whole album fair from the the last cycle for her. So I don't know, it's pretty cool. Sophomore, no sophomore slump for her. No, no, uh, aging like a fine fine wine on on the streaming platforms. <laughs> Midnight Cowboy. I did indeed. Sorry, I was taking a swig of some cold brew here. Um, trying to you know stave off the heat. <laughs> uh, I did. I at Film Forum uh, last weekend. Uh, I saw Midnight Cowboy on 35 millimeter. It was. I had been years since I'd seen it, and I don't think I fully. I think I saw it when I was 21 or something, and I just sort yeah. of snoozed through it. But wow, what a moving film! the The 60s uh, party scenes are just so funny and crazy. I used to see John Voight actually on my way to work uh, on 21st. He lives in Gramercy. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. That film that film was, I think, when it came out in 69, wasn't it initially banned when it came out? I actually don't know. My girlfriend has a great book yeah. on, on the filming and release of Midnight Cowboy, cool. which uh, I will also link to in the episode because I feel like people should should hear about it. What, what's your favorite John Voight film? There's only Obviously one Pearl Harbor There's only when he plays answer. FDR. There's only one answer. What's that? Midnight Cowboy? No. In uh in Anaconda in, he's an Anaconda and he plays uh he plays <coughs> the, the, the he plays a Latin guy with a ponytail. Oh god, I forgot about that. He's got a, he's got an accent, it's real thick. I actually haven't seen Anaconda. 
So. Dude, you have to see it. It's really bad. J Lo's in it. Ice Cube, the whole, the whole, the whole gang. It's like a two thousands movie. No, I think it's like earlier ninety seven. I think uh, that's a that's a dark time for John Voight. Maybe whatever. I mean, hope he gets over it. Yeah. Well, you want to talk a little bit about your your radio situation? Oh my God! So. Have you ever been pestered by Sirius XM before? No. No, but my dad has. I've never owned a new car, so I have not. Like, yeah. you, you recently uh, acquired a new car, right? Is this? Yeah, is this yeah. I finally traded in my, my PT Cruiser. No, I, yeah, I got a new car <laughs> in February. No lie. Um, I, I, I've received over 40 calls from Sirius XM trying to get me past my trial with any promotion you've ever heard of. They, they have every trick of the trade. I, at one time I answered the call and I go, listen, I go, you call me more than anyone else in my life. I, if I was like, I was like, I did the math and you're, you're outpacing phone calls to me by like probably five or 10 X than anyone else, even more than my, my fiance uh, or a best friend. And that's a problem. Anyway, I felt really bad after saying that because the, the salesperson was like, we'll take you off the list. And I was like, listen, I just, you guys call me so much and I, I, why don't you call me when my trial's over? Shouldn't have said that. Email, call, call, call. I mean, I, I the amount of money they put forth to earn my uh, $6 a month um, to, to continue with SiriusXM, their sales team is relentless. I almost have to give them props because the level of dedication to get that subscription revenue, kudos to SiriusXM for slowly um, just whittling me down, uh, kind of uh, badgering me, battering me over the head with sales calls. And I finally succumbed to the streaming satellite area. Um, am I excited about it? I don't know. I. I like to think that I can create and curate mixes on my own as a DJ and music producer, but I I don't I don't know, man. I'm that, in it. I'm in deep. Sounds like the Djokovic of of satellite radio. They just <laughs> iced you out. Um, iced, iced. That's sad that they've called you probably more than like all your loved ones combined. I know if I got that level of uh, love and compassion from everyone in my network, I feel like I my my love cups would be overflowing I, actually i know why they have such a big listenership now because of because of you like that <laughs> i mean uh, is it's really only 6.99 a month after the trial yeah yeah it's pretty good i always thought it was well i thought it was like 50 bucks a month or something the Maybe. the the actual companion app's pretty nice i kind of use it for like 80s music some talk radio and then listening to certain band stations it's actually a, a pretty i'm pretty impressed by it the more that I've kind of gone deeper, which is why I actually went went through with it. Pardon me, it pained me to pay another subscription for a music service, but I'm glad I did. Well, you know, okay. you can't listen to Fin 15 on, on satellite radio, so I'm not, not yet. I'm out. Not <laughs> yet. Not yet, we're gonna have our own channel. It's just gonna reruns. It's gonna be like, <laughs> like uh, Happy Days. <laughs> nice, little Ron Howard and the Fonz. Well, another fave of mine, um, by the way, did you finish? Did you even start the bear yet? No, I haven't. Oh. I've been I've been busy burning the midnight oil, uh, you know, cranking on on life. But I do want to start it. I think uh, when I take some time off in August, I'm gonna gonna turn yeah. it on. 
sit if down. If you, when you watch season two, episode six called Fishes um, is the most chaotic, um, anxiety-driven episode of TV I've ever watched. And it is an absolute masterpiece with an insane ensemble cast. And the episode um, seven of, which is called Forks, is like a, a tearjerker in probably the, the best piece of um, TV slash cinema that I've seen in a year plus. It was, I would say anything like these episodes six and seven together, um, Fishes and Forks legitimately blew my mind and I'm, 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 a, I'm a better person. I, it, it lived up to the hype. All right, well, I'm, I would always love to be a better person. So I'm in, I'm in. You saw Asteroid City? Yeah, I get, I give it like a 7.3 out of 10. Definitely better than Wes's previous two films. Still kind of like, I, I still was hoping for a little more, but overall, like, it was kind of hard to follow some parts. And I almost fell asleep at one point just because it, it was going a little long in some areas, but visually stunning, awesome uh, dialogue, awesome ensemble cast. And just good to see Wes flexing again uh, in a different way. Um, but yeah, and I guess my, my last one was um, Roy Sheen Murphy's new album's coming out. She made an album with DJ Cozy, uh, DJ Cozy, one of my favorites during the during the pandemic. Um, and she is pumping out, releasing track by track right now. And it's I'm very excited for the album's release in September. It's gonna bang. I am both worried and excited for it. Roy Sheen Machine, the last album she made was one of my favorites ever. Um, and the album art for it was made by Braulio yeah. Amato, who's like a New York legend. He's Portuguese actually, but- um, Portuguese. Portuguese. Um, which was more, that was more Italian. We're <laughs> Italian men talking about the Portuguese. <laughs> um, but uh, it just, it was so good that I'm like, I'm just worried it's not gonna live up to that, that standard, um, which is a good problem to have, I guess, right? You're just making good art at that point. Totally, and I, it's a bummer because that last album she had of hers was insanely good, and I think it just came out at the wrong time. She couldn't really tour behind it, you know? No, but I mean, quietly, like, like um, you know, you've heard about that Padam Padam uh, summer, right, of Kylie Minogue. Uh, it, it, it sneakily has permeated all parts of culture, right? It's like the, the yeah. Robin effect, quietly, uh, you know, getting it in the water supply, which I'm all about. But I think Rasheen finally kind of fell into like the Jesse Ware, Kylie crowd. She has the track coming out with Jesse Ware that's on this album. They're gay icons. What can I say? Je Jesse, Jesse, Jesse Ware rocks. She's so good. I'm slipping Jesse into some DJ sets these days. Yeah. You know, her middle name's um, House? H A U S. Yeah, Jesse Houseware. Jesse Houseware. <laughs> Oh man. Well, that's all I got for Finn Fabes. Should we uh, close out with Finn's up, Finn's down? Yeah. So uh, we, we got our top three uh, from Google here. Um, Google, Google trends of today. Let's, let's do it. Let's start with number one. Okay. Kevin Mitnick, the infamous hacker, is dead. Finn's up or Finn's down? Uh, I'm going to go down. I don't rejoice in most people's deaths, and especially if I haven't heard of them. I don't know enough about I him. I don't know Kevin Mitnick, Mitnick. I do not know who he is. <laughs> the uh, the incels were out on Google today because I don't really 
I have no idea who he is. Sorry. Sorry. Listeners. All right. Number two, British Open 2023. Fins up for me, obviously. You? I'm fins up on that. I'm about it. It's it's in it's in Liverpool. This uh this this British Open is in Liverpool and they uh they've really been um riding the, the, the Beatles coattails in the the kind of uh in some of the broadcast. But uh it, it's uh the course looks hard, it looks beautiful. They started they teed off like at four AM this morning. So excited to see that. Number three, I'm very excited for, I think it should be number one, is the women's world cup. It better be number one tomorrow, but Finn's way up, way, way up. It's going to be it's going to be hard to like watch any of this stuff in real time for the Women's World Cup. So I got to have that that the recordings going for sure. Well, good thing you have satellite radio to just hear 24 seven highlights, probably. <laughs> so serious. Driving down Sunset Boulevard hearing about Alex Morgan. She's Dude. still playing, huh? Yeah, I actually know her sister Jerry through my friend Amanda. She's uh, Jerry's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, yeah, th- th- those were very formative uh, years for me of of watching the Women's World Cup way back when. Yeah, who's your least favorite, Morgan? Morgan Wallen? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, how, how could it not be? <laughs> <laughs> anyone who anyone who reps them, I'm like, guys, like get out of here. Some some Morgan Wallen did something in the news the other day, and I actually just I read as soon as I got to the end on Wallen, I was like, I'm out. I don't care. Later. I can't read anymore. Well, you know what? I feel like that is a it's a good spot to wrap it up. That's a wrap. Hope everybody has a dandy Friday, and thank you for listening. Don't cross the picket line. Don't cross the picket line. Don't you dare. 